distinction to the role Different players, different strokes But let me tell you about one thing Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF for the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and uh, Pam Beck and Tom Campbell. And uh, somebody just gave Rufus a watch. So that's what he's uh, what he's talking about over there. It's running. Just, just, uh, I, I, uh, just sign your name. I'm, I'm on time. You're on time? Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. That's unusual. Uh, I was only late one time for Tom's show, and I never he never got over it. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Isn't this the time to tell the truth, Rufus? No, not right Come now. On, Rufus, after all, <laughs> you know, Mark years. Twain said the truth is precious. Use it sparingly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, this is the Weekend Gardener at WPTF. We're at the State Farmer's Market because there's Sam McKeever over there. Sam, where you been? I mean, you know, we need to talk about the Farmer's Market. There's a blood drive today. There's a bloodmobile over there. And uh, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. So, uh, after 106 newscasts this week, I, tell us about the um, all of the stuff out here this morning. Because this is really uh, the shank of the season for uh, fruits and vegetables in North Carolina. Uh, that's right. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming in now. Um, uh, I'll, I'll start off with watermelons and cantaloupes, and I guess I'll start off with watermelons because we got uh, another event that's coming Thursday. Uh, the large watermelon contest will be at noon on Thursday. Uh, we, we usually do watermelon slices, but we're not doing that this year just because of the, the situations with COVID and the sampling and all that. You're stuff. not having seed spitting either. Yeah, no, we're not doing oh, that either. Going so. it. I've been uh, practicing. So, yeah, we, we kind of canceled that. We figured it'd be hard to do with uh, a. <laughs> you know, it, but it's hard to find a watermelon with seeds in it anymore. Yeah, it, most most everybody's going to the, the, uh, the seedless. So. Poor Melissa. I, you know, I, Mike's I, out back. <laughs> She says, what's he doing? He's spitting watermelon seeds <laughs> we, uh, for we, distance and accuracy. When I was uh, part of the uh, Q Morning crew years ago, we uh, we actually did a seed spitting contest out in the hall, and I, I won. I, I didn't win, win the speed sitting contest, but I, I won the seed spitting contest. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to bring that back so you can well, in it. Absolutely, I got a lot of air. <laughs> but uh, well, I'll, I'll run down my list real quick. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, great sweet corn. Several truckloads of sweet corn are coming in right now. They can uh, shuck that for you. Uh, they get hot and sweet peppers, tomatoes, squash, cucumbers, okras, okra, blueberries, blackberries. Uh, a lot of peaches still come in, freestone peaches. Uh, Carolina Gold, July Prince, and Contender were some of the varieties that are coming in right now. Uh, eggplant, uh, got butter beans and peas, and they got those already shelled for you. Done took all the work out. Uh, onions, carrots, uh, mushrooms, ginger, uh, red and white potatoes, uh, green beans, cabbage, lettuce, kale, mustard, spinach, and, of course, a staple out here at the market is uh, North Carolina sweet potatoes. And also... Uh, Coming the month of August, we'll have some fresh North Carolina apples coming in from the mountains. So, look forward to that. 
So, so when when do you usually get the first? Uh, end of August or uh, mid to end of August. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you know when you get into uh, September, you're getting into them really good. Then. Where do they usually come from first? Um, Hendersonville. Or? Hendersonville is a big apple growing area, yeah. so and, uh, we got some folks that get bring in those yeah. from there. So and I know you have some folks from Taylorsville. Taylorsville and yeah. Hendersonville. Yep. So that's great. I can't wait. Sam, for you talk about peas. Yeah. One of the things I think is a lost art. I remember as a young boy sitting out on the porch shelling butter beans and shelling peas, snapping uh, string beans with my mother, and we'd rock and we'd shell and we'd talk and handwork, she used to call it, handwork. And just something that's that's, uh, relaxing and and soothing about that. And people don't do it anymore. But... uh, we, we have some peas down at our place down on the river, and uh, I just take great delight in sitting out there watching the river roll by and shelling peas. But you know what used to make my thumbs hurt? Yes. I guess I didn't do it enough. Yeah. But, uh, you get calluses. I, yeah, I do remember sitting out, the, sitting out on the porch with my grandmother doing that yeah. when I was young. And I right. uh, also remember you know, you'd go in, eat, you'd eat dinner, and everybody would go out on the back porch or front porch and sit and talk. That's it's, nobody does that anymore. Well, you had to because you didn't have any air conditioning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was about ten o'clock at night before it got cool enough in the house to be able to go to bed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that I, I is. Got a little story about shelling peas. One time in the in the height of Watergate, I was in Boone, and the, they were calling around to see what some of us who were the, at that time famous were doing. I said, "Well, I'm shelling peas in the basement," and this New York Times reporter couldn't figure out what I was talking about. <laughs> Had no idea what I'm talking about. I shouted peas. He didn't know what a basement was. He didn't know what a basement was. By the way, from our friend here, uh, originally from Canton, I'm real proud of this this Rufus watch. I I have one that's not original and it doesn't run, and he said this watch is is uh, it runs unlike you. <laughs> that's right. No more running. Huh? Oh, he runs all right. Getting elected is the problem. (laughs) Oh, well. What a nice thing. That is in great shape, too. So, uh, did you. What is that? that? When he originally brought the watch, because he brought it to us at the Man Expo last month, but you had already gone. Oh, wow. I had told Mike about it. Yeah. It's all going right. Yeah. Well, I'm real proud of that. that. That will go in the museum. And it's just ticking right away. Oh, Lord. How about that? Makes me feel good there. Yeah. John Cameron Swayze would be proud. Timex, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Ticket. So did you get this in 84 or 83, or or did you find it somewhere? We found it uh, in an estate sale here in Raleigh no about kidding. two years ago. What was the winning bid? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thousands of dollars. I don't remember, yeah. honestly. But at any rate... But, yeah, that's uh, wonderful. Such a well, was he put in there because they thought I was dead? No, no, no. It wasn't your estate. You used to wear one all the time, I remember. I did, but it, it doesn't run now, and so I got on this highway patrol watch. This is, uh, is going to be warm. I won't go there. This is, this, this <laughs> is going to be warm. It slows you down a little bit. That, uh, that watch slows you down, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, you went to, to uh, a lot of trouble and expense to, to catch up with 
with the uh, secretary here. And Rufus has generally generously offered one of his Althea's to them, and they said they'd take it home. and. Well, yeah, it. and be sure to water it now. If you, if you plant right now, you know you better water it about every other day or it won't make it in this terrible weather. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we, um, we're going to be giving away some. Uh, we, we, why don't you tell us? Well, these are beautiful hibiscus that are um, generously donated to us. These are the deciduous summer perennial hibiscus. They're in lots of colors. Some have burgundy leaves and some in green. They're in whites and reds and very large dish plate size. Um, used to be called Disco Bell was one of the varieties of, of these types. Um, many of these are proven winter plants. They're in the pots and got the, the labels on them, so they're name varieties. And these were um, offered by one of our vendors here. I'd love for Sim to talk about John a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. John, uh, Long Hill, Long Hill Nursery. Uh, He's, he's donated these plants for a giveaway, and uh, they're beautiful, and you can you can get them from him uh, seven days a week right here at the market. So uh, John is a great gardener. Interesting fellow, too, and, yes. and he, if you have any questions about gardening, he's a great person to ask. Sells a lot of herbs and, and yeah. uh, things like that as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of beautiful trees and shrubs. Long Hill Nursery. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. A lot of different varieties there. So uh, that's during the ten o'clock hour. Well, we're uh, you were you were. Uh, I'm gonna let you continue. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Uh, so we start, start. No, no problem at all. Uh, good conversation. It was. Uh, um, talking about plants, uh, we got a lot of fruit trees and bushes down there. Pecan trees, uh, blueberry bushes, blackberry bushes. Uh, we got a lot of uh, in indoor house plants. A lot of trees and shrubs. Um, some really beautiful hanging baskets down there, uh, aquatic plants, um, herbs and perennials, uh, cactus, succulents. Uh, so still got a lot of plants. And then also up in the, uh, the shed to our, to, it's to my right, up, up above the, beside the seafood restaurant is the uh, tropical plants up there. So you can get some beautiful tropicals, beautiful sunflowers we're looking at right now, actually. And, and some of those I'm, I'm sure will come back uh, they're perennial rather than than annual. Uh, Correct. Yeah, th there's definitely some, some you might have to bring into the garage or the house, so you can talk to the folks. I'm sure they're very expert up there. So that's right. It's a great collection. That's the biggest collection I've seen. I think yeah. of the tropical plants. Yeah, they've done. They they've uh, continued to do well up there. So they, that's they, one of many things that's been in short supply. Right, and uh, it's something we we decided to allow to let them offer uh, because. Uh, well, we we wanted everybody to get what they wanted coming to the state farmers market, not yeah. not going somewhere else. So, uh, so we see we wanted to offer. If offer you that. just add a Ferris wheel out here, yeah, I've, I've heard I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, in a little more, and uh, if you could, well, we've got the Rufus dog, but we need a foot long version of the Rufus dog to make it a little more fair like. Maybe, maybe bring that out at the fair time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, the Rufus dog is taking the transformation into. A work of art, Tom. It used to be just uh, slapped old, together, slapped together, <laughs> and now you ought to see these folks that run the shop. They make it a work of art to fix it, and it's still good. It's it's a different take on the chili too, but an interesting. Uh, it's still a Rufus dog, but with a different taste. Yeah, yeah. Sim, you know <clears throat> what I was going to tell you, and as you were going through the list of all the stuff here. If you're having a down day, 
if you're not feeling good, if maybe things hadn't been going exactly your way, come out here to the State Farmer's Market and just walk around. Yeah, absolutely. Done it before. I mean to tell you, it'll pick you up and make you feel good. That's right. Uh, Come out and talk to the vendors. I know uh, all our plant vendors that produce as well, they all have their little special niches, things that they, uh, they do well. And they're glad to talk to you about them and uh, educate you about them. And so it's, it's, a, it's a good day. You can get you a meal, walk around. And if you don't like heavy traffic, you can come any other day of That's the week. That's right. We yeah. are open seven days a week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, We found about 2 o'clock in the afternoon is the best time to come. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Usually uh, during the week, it, a lot of folks come out at lunch, of course, to eat at restaurants and stuff. And then they'll shop when they're out here in the middle of the week. And uh, so, yeah. Well, in addition to the Rufus dog, what else do we have in the in the market shops? Well, at the grill in the market shops, you can also get uh, some sandwiches and uh, other things as well, breakfast uh, up in the market shops. A, a great uh, baked good items, uh, breads, pastries, um, pies, cakes. I'm just sitting here thinking and getting hungry. Uh, we've got a friend over there barking at us. Uh, he, wants, he wants the... The, the goods. He wants a Rufus dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that is Rufus dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, see, what what else we got? Uh, local seafood up there, bringing in uh, seafood from North Carolina. Uh, do a great job with that. Uh, we got uh, 321 Coffee. You can get you some coffee. Um, all kinds of barbecue sauces, preserves, jams, jellies. Uh, talking about preserves earlier, making preserves. You can get them right up there at the farmer's market, and they got a huge selection of them. Uh, North Carolina wines, uh, outdoor furniture, uh, hammocks. Um, and a partridge in a pear tree. Partridge in a pear tree. There you <laughs> go. So, yeah. Two, and, and the restaurant, uh, the, the seafood restaurant is uh, doing a booming great. business. They sure are uh, yeah. doing a great job there, give you plenty to eat. Um, they open up at 11 a.m. and close at 7 p.m. And uh, so, yeah, go check them out. Of course, you got the State Farmer's Market restaurant up on the hill. Uh, and I just put an order in for us for some biscuits, so I have to go pick those up in a few Ooh. minutes. So, uh, right. so by the way, if you've never tried free-range chicken eggs, which you can get up there, you better try it because there's all the difference in the world. And I'm the Sunday morning cook at home with an omelet, and I stocked up yesterday on my eggs and my no-sugar-added preserves for dear Linda's yogurt and preserves. Okay. Very good. She's kind of piggish when it comes to that stuff. Oh, my you? God. She's a hog about it. <laughs> that's an awful, that's an awful word to say in conjunction with Linda, isn't it? It is because she's so slim. That's, that's not to hear what she says about you. <laughs> oh, God. What did she say? You know, I better revise that. Oh, that's God. not anything I'd worry your little old head about. Ooh. <laughs> now now I'm going to really worry. <laughs> So thank you. Uh, you got uh, Supersod over here. Yeah, I got Supersod. Of course, that name speaks for itself, I guess. Uh, and they also sell lime fertilizer, uh, pine straw, soil. Uh, great combination with uh, all the plants and stuff out here as well. And then uh, talking about hog, uh, we'll go over to oh, <laughs> oh, Why are you pointing at me? Uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> you brought you brought it up, so I, you know, I was just gonna keep it going. <laughs> That was a lull in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But pork any way you want it at the Hunter Pork Center. They also sell a lot of frozen vegetables and things like that as well uh, that you can uh, already fixed up uh, for uh, your freezer. 
Um, also, Market Imports up at the top of the hill there above the State Farmer's Market Restaurant, uh, Pottery, Rolled Iron Teak, uh, just a really neat place, all, all kinds of neat stuff. Uh, you just got to go check it out. Uh, anything you'd like to say to the commissioner in case he's listening? Mm, he put me on the spot. Pay raise. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, we, wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about that. Just be like Mike said, don't fire me. Don't fire me. Don't fire me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want a pink slip. So that, that would be good, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure y'all are doing a great job. Yeah. I just want, you know, just in case. I, yeah. Just in case he was listening. All right, well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. And, uh, and again, the blood, blood drive. Yes, that's right. we got the blood drive going on there set up right here beside Farmers 2. Uh, so go, if you're out at the market, come help some folks out. Uh in need of blood, so uh, it's a need for it. Tom, in case you missed television, we're on Facebook uh, live at this moment. So, well, you know, I have said for years that I prefer radio to television. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I had, a, I've had a taste of it over so the years. Personal. It's just right, and it's just a little more hectic with TV and. I'm better looking on the radio, too. Are you? Yeah. Well, somebody <laughs> told me I have a beautiful face for radio. When I, when I put on enough makeup, I'm okay on TV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Miss Pam, tell us about these uh, beautiful hibiscus, and uh, they are hardy. They are hardy. These these are hardy hibiscus. They're perennials. They Most of these will stay in about the four to five foot range. There are a variety of, of colors that are offered. Uh, one of our vendors out here at the farmer's market, John, has uh, very graciously donated these for us to give away today. And we've got burgundy leaves and green leaves and, and just about every color of bloom you can imagine. They're really, truly lovely. They are summer flowering shrubs, and uh, they will go deciduous in the wintertime, but a little extra water, and I think that's pretty much sunshine, and that's all they need. Now, well, while, while you're at it, let's talk about how in the world, without doing something poisonous, when the, the bugs come, to eat the leaves almost all off, uh, and they don't seem to want to eat the flower, but every year that happens to mine. All right, the Japanese beetles are what you're talking about. Japanese beetles are, um, they are cyclical. They will come in in a wave. They'll last for about two or three weeks really badly, and then they'll go away. And the thing is, is they are going to eat some leaves, but then this plant will keep putting out some new leaves. There are a couple of ways of combating them. One is to pick them off and throw them in some soapy water because that they, they will drown them. The other is, of course, our old standby of giving a Japanese beetle bag to your next door neighbor to draw them away from your own. But I really prefer not to put um, any kind of uh, a pesticide on these plants, mainly because hummingbirds love to feed off these yeah. great big beautiful blooms and i don't want any kind of pesticide on something that i feel is is either feeding a pollinator or or something a wildlife bird pam is it is it just me or or the bees more plentiful this year than they've ever Thank been before goodness they do seem I mean to, be. to tell you yeah. they're just all over my bee bomb and flowers all over the yard i mean and it's it's wonderful to see them, little teeny tiny ones. There's lots of varieties of bees here in North Carolina. We are blessed with a lot of, of the uh, native bees, the solitaries, and they're so important to our crops. And the fewer 
people spraying and the more people planting native plants and also pollinator plants, then we're seeing more bees and they're, they're doing a little bit of a comeback. I've I got to give you credit because you, you told me once before, don't, I may be stepping on somebody's toes, but don't use these pesticide companies that come in and spray your yard for uh, uh, mosquitoes and so forth like that because it kills the pollinators. Well, uh, the, many of the sprays are non-discriminating. Um, I do know that we do have some. We, we, do, we do have, uh, Chris, we do have a, a sponsor, uh, Mosquito, uh, that they spray for mosquitoes, but they use, they, they don't mess up pollinators. They, they have treatments that don't kill bees and, and well, so forth. My, my rose people, <clears throat> Witherspoon, yeah. told me the same thing you did. Mm-hmm. And we've done away with them, and the bees have come back, and yeah. butterflies and hummingbirds. It's, it's interesting because at a time, once upon a time, we understood this connectedness between all things. You know, John Muir said you pull any one thing in nature and it, it affects everything. And there is this beautiful connection between having ants in your garden to feed the woodpeckers or having bees in your garden to pollinate the plants, having caterpillars to feed the birds. And we're, you know, we, as we reintroduce ourselves to nature again and relearn all these things that we knew at one time, we're realizing that many of the chemicals that just became available in the past 100 years or so, um, better living through chemistry of the 50s, uh, that kind of thing, that we are returning to a more natural type of gardening, we're seeing a resurgence of these things. And that's uh, Mosquito Shield is the the company. If uh, you're interested in in, uh, using uh, a product and and having professionals who are trained in helping uh, helping us keep the the honeybees and other pollinators, uh, they use uh, a method and... uh, uh, they're very well trained. Mosquito Shield of Wake County, and and basically they only serve Wake County. So uh, try them. Uh, more of the weekend gardener coming up from the State Farmers Market in Raleigh. News straight ahead. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF. Mike Rayley here. What's left of his voice? You know, this I love love English breakfast tea, but it's, sometimes it it uh, does something to my voice. Of course, uh, 113 newscasts during the week don't help, but by Saturday. But uh, we're at the State Farmers Market in Raleigh. I don't know Raleigh. how you do that, by the way, every week. I mean, it's that. My body asks they, me the same thing. Well, I mean, people don't understand. Having to write and produce and voice a hundred and some newscast a week, good lord! Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's interesting. It it it's uh, tense, but you know it can be. Uh, it's a lot of fun to deadlines. Deadlines constant, constant for eight hours. Deadlines. Uh, so you. I don't you, know what to do when I don't have a deadline. You just yeah. Uh, yeah well, I know. It's, it's uh, you know it's it's just just what it is. But uh, that, then I get a chance to relax when we do this show, so I'm thankful for it. Uh, Pam Beck is with us, Tom Campbell, uh, Rufus Edmonston, and uh, Miss Clapp is here, and you're welcome to call us at 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. And, uh, gosh, it's, uh, you know, I thought it, it's not too bad out here. I thought it was going to be a little more breeze, but... Uh, 
I'm hoping that it doesn't get as hot. I think there's a cold front either coming through. Tomorrow, or, I think. To, oh, it's a tomorrow? Okay. Yeah, but I was in the main building over there with those huge fans that they've yeah, got. Yeah, that makes a difference. Oh, it's it? nice. Yeah, It's sure very does. comfortable in there. Okay. Well, come out and look those at everything. Those fans intrigue little children when they look up and try to read it. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. Well, there's okay. something about fans and, and babies anyway. My, my children, uh, when they were infants, would look up at a fan and smile. Mm-hmm. That's the first time yeah. I noticed them smiling. So what the heck are you doing? You By the way, I had, had TV. Yeah. <laughs> an hour ago, we were talking about my friend Kim Kim Shope having, and we got we got off on, or I got off on something else. Right. And we've all come to the conclusion, Kim, that you have white flies on your iris leaves. And also, she said she had them on hydrangeas, Pam. Mm-hmm. I can, I can believe. So it. what do you do? I mean, is that a normal thing for iris? You don't see them often, but this has been an unusual year um, weather-wise for us, as you well know. We got so much heat and humidity this right. week. Uh, you pro- I think we're going to see some, some really unusual things pop up even next week. I'm hoping that the rain and the cool will come and, and help calm some of these things down. But uh, insects are, are making a, a show, uh, some of them later than normal. Uh, Rufus and I were talking about our figs are not doing what they normally would this time of year yet. I've still got some tomatoes that are green that are just now coming on and ripening. Uh, it's It's been an up and down. It's it's a little bit cooler than normal. I know we don't think that after the past few days. Yeah. But I remember many August and Julys where we had a lot in the 90s and, and the 100s. So. Is, has our rainfall, I, I read earlier that we were in a drought, a drought yeah. and then we got uh, we a Got treasure. it all at once. Yeah. <laughs> now so where are we now? I, I don't know where we are as far as numbers, but I can tell you that my garden is especially dry right now. And so this weekend, even though we have some rain in the forecast, I will probably go out and water, mainly to make sure that if we do get rain, that the ground does not become hydrophobic. Now, what that means is that right. if it rains suddenly with a lot, the downpour will just run off right. because it won't soak into the ground. So I know. said earlier, I hate to see my water bill this month, but, but do, do you, and you and Pam both could, could comment on this. Are we moving, I mean, with climate change, are we moving into an era where we're not going to want to uh, plant grasses uh, in our yards and I get to a, a point. I think a lot of people are are doing just exactly that. Well, you, you know, you you can't. You're going to have to make sure you have enough sunlight to plant warm season yeah. grasses, because uh, the fescues and bluegrasses and so and rye are not going to work very well anymore. And they don't work very well right now unless you water a lot. But yeah, an absolute lot. If you got a lot of plants in your yard and you got a lot of shade. Uh, then well, let's, I, let's get back to Kim Shope's white fly problem, <laughs> which I've been trying to do for an hour and a half. I'm sorry. And what I, I suggested she might she, she might use an oil-based spray on on those white flies on her uh, irises yeah, and her hydrangea. What do you think, Pam? That's a great idea, Rufus. Um, the only thing is, is some of those oil sprays, you want to make sure it's below a certain temperature. 
when you apply them because otherwise they can burn. So it's something that she may want to check the label on there and see if it has to be sprayed. Say if it's below 90 degrees or below 80 degrees, then she may want to apply that in the evening let it dry through the evening and then the next day when the sun comes out it won't be it won't be as wet and as reflective and burn and you're much. not talking about 10w30 yeah it was something no, similar no, no, no. horticultural oils is what we're talking about <laughs> i mean sam's it, laughing he knows he's a horticulturalist <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's and it's it's not going to hurt anything but the bug it's not going to not going to hurt your dog, really, or, or you, or anybody else, is it? Well, I, I couldn't tell you, not knowing what product she's planning on using, but, you know, uh, some things, if they affect insects, and you're trying, for instance, to get rid of chewing insects, some of the insects that chew the leaves could become um, poisoned, and then if they're eaten by a bird... Right. And fed to the okay. young, it could be it yeah. could be a problem. Okay. So, I but, thought the the all based though you were you're basically, you were basically trying smother. to smother. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to smother things, um, but it again, not knowing what product, you know, I'm I don't want to recommend read the label over that. Read the labels. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Rufus, is there anything well, else we need Kim, to cover? Kim, did, did you get that after <laughs> an hour and a half? Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's why I needed a lot of tutoring through life because I just, you know, my mind's all over the place. So you well, just she, she's to, a great gardener. Yeah. As I said, was uh, told that story in the beginning about how uh, Governor Martin ran me out of the capital, but was in a nice sort of way. One of the finest people I've ever met. And Tom, Tom and knows. And you ran against And I, I've said that very often. And Tom knows I've said it on NC Spin. One of the finest gentlemen I ever met. And, yes, I ran against him, and he whipped me fair and square. <laughs> He did win. He and was very, governor. Very underrated, undervalued, uh, absolutely. underappreciated as a governor. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I, I think Robert Morgan has never been appreciated as much as he was. What a nice man. I mean, and above I, I, everything else, he was so nice. I hope somebody is writing a book on Robert Morgan. Yeah. We need one. That's, That's interesting because D.G. Martin wrote a column this week that we published about North Carolinians you wish you could read an autobiography or a biography about. Oh. And one of them was Bob Morgan. Oh, my. Harnett County boy, by the way. Now, you yeah. say you published? What, do you have a, another I, I enterprise? Do a website. I, I, NC Spin does a website. Yeah, okay. And we publish yeah, yeah. a newsletter every Friday, right. which is free. Yeah. You can go to our website and sign up for it. We've got four or 5,000 people each week. <clears throat> but... Uh, he raised a, he raised a good question about that. Another one was Erskine Bowles. Ah, yes. With North Carolinians mm-hmm. that you'd like to see a biography about. I think that's yes. a, a good question. Well, his daddy was pretty interesting too, Skipper Bowles. Skipper, yeah, yeah, he sure was. He, who also ran for governor? Ran against Jim Holzhauser. <clears throat> yep. My colleague from Boone. Yep. Jim Holzhauser was another interesting, very smart man. He was dad's seatmate in the legislature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great guy. Who later became a uh, law partner with Terry Sanford? Mm-hmm. I remember Thomas father in the legislature when I was first attorney general, beginning in 1974, and he was the epitome of a gentleman. He was always willing to listen. He he was prepared. You know, Hartwell Campbell did not come in there with his his eyes and ears closed, 
he he wanted to hear what people had to say. He was a broadcaster too. Was above and beyond. That's what he was. Quick story on it. You can remember back in those days when you ran for the legislature or any office in North Carolina if you were a Democrat. And by the way, most everyone was at that time. There was three registered Democrats to every one registered Republican. In fact, the chairman of the Pitt County Republican Party said he could have a, a county convention in a phone booth in, in Greenville. But you had to sign a loyalty pledge when you ran as a Democrat back in those days. Oh, yeah, I signed it. So it comes the election, and Dad, all through this time, had been telling me what a wonderful guy Jim Holzhauser was and, and just how much he admired him and that he could work together with him and so forth like that. So we're doing election returns, Mike. Uh, on that night, and of course, Skipper Bowles had the poll lead, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Took off to a huge lead early in the evening. About nine thirty or ten o'clock, that lead started narrowing more and more and more. So uh, I took a commercial break. Uh, Dad walked in the control room. He said, "Son, I have a confession to make." I said, "What's that?" He said, "You know, I signed this loyalty pledge and." I, I usually stick by what I promise to do, but Jim Holsow is such a fine guy. I voted for him. Oh, I said, wow. well, Dad, you said so many wonderful things about him. I voted for him, too. <laughs> about that time, Lib walks in. And if you all know Lib, she's my yellow dog Democrat. Lib walks in. She said, well, heck, I voted for him, too. <laughs> how about that? That's how he won. That was at VOT. In, in no, Wilson. no, VOT. <laughs> oh, my goodness. World's greatest tobacco market, WGTM. GTM, yeah. 590 on your dial. Oh, my gosh. It's funny how times have changed. If you were ever thinking about running for anything in public office in North Carolina, you were at the beginning of the tobacco mar- market in Wilson. Right. You better be there or you just well not run. That's and right. I remember those wonderful times. You never said anything bad about tobacco, did you? No, I did not. Okay. Right. Uh, not, not, what, not for uh, uh, one good reason I Happened to represent a company called Altria. <laughs> but I'm talking about when you were running, but as you did. Oh, no. No, I, not, not like you did barbecue. Okay. Oh, no. All right. No, sir. And I, I still love barbecue. I want people to know that. See, if you'd have learned an auctioneer's chant instead of singing, yeah, you well, might have been governor. I you could, did some auctioneering, didn't you? I did a little bit. Of, Billy Jurgen taught me a little bit oh, about Lord. it. And, well, you know what? I, I said it before on the, the show that my mother said if. if my boy Rufus is a fine boy, but he'd have sung a lot more Amazing Grace and a lot less Honky Tonk Angel. He might have been governor. Okay. And my mamas are right. Yes, they are right. You're listening to The Weekend Gardener on WPTF. More coming up. We'll talk with uh, Skip and Raleigh of The Weekend Gardener. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. All right, we're back on WPTF at 9.54. Uh, Mike Rayley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and Pam Beck and Tom Campbell. Simba Kiever's with us from uh, State Farmers Market. Uh, he's the manager here. And you have a... Uh, Blood drive going on along with all the plants and vegetables and stuff, don't you? 
That's right. And I was just talking with uh, John over there that runs the blood drive, and he said they're taking uh, walk-up customers right now. So if, if you're if you're listening or on the way to the market, just uh, they, can, they can take you walking up. So Yeah, that's great. Yep. Okay. It, it's not a long process if no. you, uh, in no. case you haven't given blood for and it's uh, – you might get a cookie. That's right, and they uh, <laughs> and there's a there's a huge need right now. He was talking about the need for blood right now, and it, yeah. they really need Tremendous it. So, yeah, need so. for it. All right, uh, Skip is in Raleigh. Skip, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hey, good morning. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. How, how's everything at uh, your Methodist church? You know, uh, the garden. It, it, this has not been the best garden here. Um, uh, we still donated a bunch of stuff. I'm just on my way back from the Logan's Planter Row place, but um, it's not been the best year, which is part of the reason for the call. Um, I don't know what to do about bunnies other than shoot them, and we're not going to do that. But um, we've had a little bit of nematode issue. We've had some squash root rot. What do you guys recommend as we overwinter to see what we can do about improving uh, the situation for next spring, uh, maybe suppressing nematodes and whatever else is in the soil that might be causing root rot. Just any general guidance for what we can do to, uh, to be better prepared for next spring. Well, if you um, improve the soil, if you make the soil as healthy as you can, yeah. you are naturally going to be able to battle nematodes and root rot and some of those other things better. First thing I would suggest is get a soil test so that if you need to add limestone to raise your pH, you can go ahead and do that before planting time. And are you going to put in your fall vegetable crop seed um, next month by any chance? We are. We are. Um, we are just, we've determined that the bunnies uh, think uh, plastic fencing is food, so we're going to have to um, fence plots or just roll the dice about how much will not get eaten. But yes, that's the plan. Well, okay. Um, and as far as rabbits, I would recommend a fine metal fencing. You can get this at a lot of places like Tractor Supply, and you can put it along the bottom, and that will help keep them out better than some of the plastic. I think you, like many people, are finding out that um, animals can chew through those plastic fence barriers. So if you can use metal instead, even tacking it to the fencing that you've already got, but make sure that some of that comes out and down and is pinned so that they can't scoot up underneath there too because they are, they once they've eaten there, it's like uh, Mr. McGregor and Peter Rabbit. They're going to fight for those crops from you. I know what the rabbits were doing during the pandemic. Yeah, oh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but as far as your as far as your crops truly it all begins with the soil uh the healthier your soil is the better adding uh good nutrients things like uh perhaps even even some manures of uh, anything compost that you can get in just making it light making it healthy getting the worms in you're going to have the the friendly mycorrhizum. You're going to have the good insects uh, come in, and they're going to really help you. They're going to be your your team. That that sounds great. Uh, yeah, we uh, have raised beds, so the we we figured we'd have to go to metal fencing to um to really keep the and we can just tack it to the raised bed, so it'll keep critters out. The the 
the sprays are um, really fun to think about, but I'm, I'm not sure that the rabbits aren't just uh, eating it as a snack. So uh, yeah, I'm sure so it is. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Um, when would you do a soil test? We're, we're hoping to um, get fall prop, crops, uh, some collards, some whatever, um, if we can keep the bunnies from eating them, but right, uh, go ahead and get yeah, go ahead and get a soil test kit. You can get them from most of the garden centers. Carry them. It just takes a few minutes to do it, and um, if you can get it over to the Reedy Creek uh, Labs, the sooner the better, because all the farmers are going to be sending theirs in soon too, and you don't want to okay. get in that backlog. So if you can do it right. this weekend. Run it over there Monday. You should have the results in a week or two, and then you can go ahead and add anything that you need to to your soils to get them as healthy as you can before you get that seed in. Uh, give our best to everybody at Asbury Methodist there, Skip. I, I will. Thank you for taking call. I know we're up against the break, but uh, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. I have a friend from, um, who just moved back to Pennsylvania. He says, I'm having a heck of a time picking up the weekend gardener up there. But uh, you can listen online at WPTF.com. Uh, you can uh, also uh, get the podcast on Apple or Google. More of the weekend gardener coming up from the State Farmers Market in Raleigh. 